So, finally, we are going to finish the uh, parable of the sower. Um, you know, we've been working on this for the last several weeks. This will be the, the last of that series. Uh, before we get started, I would really like to also wish everyone uh, who's a dad happy Father's Day. I am a little bit uh, jealous of those of you who have your kids here with you. Ours are all from hundreds to thousands of miles away, so I'm depending on text messages and phone calls. And, uh, but I did get a hug from somebody else's kid today, so, <laughs> so that was pretty good. Um, yeah, before we get started, let me please open us in prayer. Oh, Lord, we are so grateful to you that uh, we can be here today in your house, sharing your word, sharing fellowship with your people. Lord, as we uh, prepare to hear this message, as I prepare to speak this message, I pray that you would empty our hearts and minds of all distractions and let us focus simply on you and your glory and your wisdom that you have passed on to us for thousands of years. Ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Um, so over the last couple of weeks, I've been talking mainly about the kinds of hearts we will be speaking to as we try to share the word of the Lord with them. This week, as we close up and, and we look at what is good soil, what is productive seed, I really want us to focus on looking inward. Think through, am I doing what I should be doing for the Lord? And that's a pretty tough question to, to ask yourself, but it is one we have to keep in mind all the time because we can be easily distracted. Now, I have to say that I might not be the right person to talk about productive soil. Uh, when I was in high school, I had a kind of a weird family situation. I was living with my grandparents in a little town called Orofino, Idaho. And my granddad was a Clearwater County champion gardener. He had tons of blue ribbons from the Clearwater County Fair. Before you get too impressed by that, um, the population of the entire county of Clearwater is about 8,700 people. The town of Orofino is the county seat. Its population is about 3,300 people. So he might not have won as many blue ribbons here as he did there. But still, he was an impressive guy. Every spring he would go out and grab a handful of soil and he'd touch it and smell it and feel it and say, hmm, this year we need potash. I don't know what potash is, but it's evidently good for soil. So we would uh, load up a you know, 51 Chevy truck with a four-speed half-ton truck, but to granddad, that was kind of a suggestion, not a, not a real weight limit. Um, the, the, the weight limit of a, of a 51 Chevy is exactly when the bump stops hit the axles. The, th then we knew we would have enough, but I got to drive the truck, so that was good. And then uh, the next year, he would smell the soil again, and he would say, hmm, needs more manure. 
I don't know, but okay, granddad, let's go get some manure. And we had some friends that lived up the hill, and we'd get a truckload of manure. Now, the thing is, what I learned from all of that is driving a 51 Chevy pickup truck with a, a four-speed. I didn't learn anything about gardening. Uh, in our house, and uh, I'm not embarrassing Sharon at all, she admits it as well, neither one of us has a green thumb. Our house is where plants come to die. <laughs> now, I know that we have received some plants as gifts from some people in this church and others, so I just wanted to <laughs> let you know that Actually, we seem to be learning something. Um, some of these plants have been repotted and survived. Other ones are still receiving enough water, I guess, to uh, continue to, to thrive. So uh, I don't know if we're getting smarter or if we're just being more careful because these are gifts from loved ones. So we're doing better. So finally, to the, the last couple of verses, um, as I've done in the last few weeks, the, the first one, uh, verses 8 and 9, are what Jesus told the crowd on the beach. And the second one, 13.23, is how he explained the meaning of that to his disciples. Uh, a thing that came up, uh, Dr. Noor pointed out uh, this to me last week, is that uh, the word understand comes in there. Um, he allowed us to how he's memorized a lot of the Bible and read through the Bible a hundred times, a thousand times. I, I guess he didn't give me a number, but um, it's a lot. But he never really picked up on that word understand before. So it's kind of funny because in the first context where he used the word understand, uh, he's talking about the seed that falls on the, the path and the devil takes the word away because people didn't understand. In this case, he's talking about people who are productive and uses the word understands the gospel. Um, kind of an interesting point there. So before we get going, what, what really does bearing fruit look like uh, as we're working for the Lord and sharing the gospel. Uh, first of all, it means the courage to share the gospel. We have to be out talking about what we know, what we love, how much has been given to us uh, to be effective at all. And as I've talked about before, that is our mission. It's not just the mission of the pastor it is all of our mission to, to share that word with our friends, our families, our loved ones. The other part of it is actually sharing uh, your, your time, talents, treasure, building up the body of Christ. The body of Christ is the church. So if you can, get involved. Again, Jenny brought up uh, ministry uh, chances, and Jack brought up ministry chances. The deacons have ministry chances. Um, we should all be helping one another. But the ultimate sign of bearing fruit, I, I believe, as uh, Jesus is talking about this seed, is bringing 
others, bringing lost souls to a saving knowledge of the Lord that will last for eternity. We all have some different part in that, but that is the ultimate uh, sign of bearing fruit. So what does good soil look like? Uh, I don't know. But what <laughs> does uh, the soil represent? It's, it's hearts in, in the case of this parable. So what does a soft and obedient heart look like? Again, I ask we all please look inward on this. And uh, first of all, the, the easy one that comes to mind, fruit of the Spirit. Uh, okay. Love, peace. My wife has this memorized. I, I do not. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I have to admit that I'm pretty good at some of those sometimes, maybe not so good at others of those other times, but uh, that would be a sign of an open and uh, obedient heart. Um, Wisdom is one of the uh, signs. And uh, James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all, without reproach, and it will be given to him. Good works. James talks a lot about works. And again, not to confuse anybody that, to think that good works help us earn our salvation. Just the opposite. If you understand that you are saved the joy and the obedience that come from that should show up to others as good works. Humility. That's kind of a tough one sometimes too. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Now I think of this in in a couple of ways. First, you need to humble yourself to the Lord. Admit that He is your king, and you're going to do what he says. Another part of humility, I think, is not being too prideful to ask others for help. The the opposite of humility is pride. And if I think I've got my life figured out without asking others to help me in that, that, that is a lack of humility. When we've talked about earlier, loving your neighbor as yourself. That means caring more about their well-being than you do your own. Mercy. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. We all have a pretty good idea about what the other person ought to be doing, but until you've walked in their shoes, you might not uh, need to, to be speaking out too judgmentally. Steadfastness other trial, under trial, I'm sorry. I have 
had some experience with this in the last week. I have to admit, brothers and sisters, that I have had a horrible, terrible, very bad week. It started out with my beloved Sharon leaving me with two other women from the church to go serve at a, at a missions conference. Here I am, home, all alone. Next comes a car problem. This car problem needs to be fixed before she comes home. Now, I knew that this past week, I would have the whole week to work on this sermon. I would be very prepared, and I would do a very good job. I had a plan. I knew when my meetings were going to be, and I knew the things I had to do, and I knew the things I had to worry about. We had uh, guests here this weekend. That was all part of the plan, and I, I, I was going to be okay with this. And then, somehow, I got a flashback of plea boxing at West Point. When you go to West Point, one of the things that every... We call them fourth-classmen. Civilians would call them freshmen. Have to do is take a quarter of boxing instruction. Bunch of kids coming out of high school, showing up, learning how to pound each other. Now, I was pretty lucky in that um, I was a, as you can tell, a tall, skinny kid. I was 5'10 and 135 pounds when I was a freshman in college. So I had more reach than a lot of these other guys. And I did pretty well just because I could reach out a little bit farther than they could. That was all fine and dandy until I met up with a guy, because we are boxing by weight class. I met up with a guy who had taken boxing in high school. Seems like skill can sometimes be more important than arm length. <laughs> I got hit this side, I got hit that side, and every time I looked back to try to get one in, he'd hit me again. That, that's the way my week went. Um, I uh, had extra meetings pop up. I had schedules changed. I had a, a little bit of a personal crisis that I had to deal with, and it was a tough week. Then Sharon came home to me, and one of the first things she reported was that one of the other women who went to the conference center with her had a husband who sent a love song every day while she was gone. Oh, come on, what else could go wrong? <laughs> okay, sorry, I got a little bit uh, distracted by that. So, growing in the image of Christ, um, Andrew Schaaf shared this one with me a couple of years ago now. Um, I think a, a really good image here. The, the target, the center of this target is Christ. It is the image of Christ that we are all supposed to bear. Some of us are born pretty close to that image. Some of us are born 
further away from that image as uh, um, Dan prayed. But what matters is not how close you are. What matters is what direction are you moving in? Are you constantly moving towards the image of Christ? Are you showing the image of Christ to others? That is productiveness. That is a soft heart, if you can say that. Now again, a fine theological point is we will never get there in this life. But we should all be moving towards that in this life. Uh, Andrew also made a really good point about every decision we make every day brings us either a little bit closer to the image of God or a little bit closer to the image of Satan. There's, there's nothing else in between. So make good decisions, think them through as, as you act every, every day. Personally, my walk with the Lord over the last 57 years has been kind of a, a step function thing. I first received the word with great joy and then I uh, did what I call my 40 years in the wilderness of thinking that, yeah, I know God's in charge, but I'm pretty smart, so I can figure it out myself. Um, and then it messed up. And then I uh, married my beautiful bride. We found a wonderful church. We were in service to the Lord. We were constantly growing in the Lord. I was in men's studies and and so I was making a pretty good progress towards the Lord. Then we moved away and uh, didn't know how long we would be in Indiana. So kind of coasted again. I didn't become a worse person, but I wasn't becoming a better person. Now, over the last uh, almost six years we've been here, this family has uh, embraced us, and I've loved time in war council, the learning with other men again, and I feel like that's brought me closer to the image of the Lord. Again, won't get there in this life, but uh, that's the kind of unsteady progress I've made. I think probably all of us could... Uh, Identify with that. There are times when we're really on fire and really moving close to the Lord, and then there are other times where we're not. That's something we have control over. The Lord always wants us to be moving towards Him, so accept His guidance. So, trying to hold this analogy together, what does it take to make soil productive? The only things I know are potash and horse manure, but I think there is more to it than that, and uh, if my granddad was here, he would give a whole sermon on this slide alone, but the point here is that it takes tending. Uh, even very, very good soil has to be tended. It uh, needed rest. That, that's the only biblical reference that I could really find to... to uh, what we can do for the soil is to give it a rest sometimes. But I know the other things are required. So in the same vein, 
our hearts need some sort of tending as well. So here's some things that I have learned have helped make my heart more open and more honest or uh, obedient to the Lord. Believe it or not, service to others. Every time Sharon and I have been involved in a ministry that helps others, we are amazed at how much more we get out of that than anything we are giving. The more you serve others, the more you understand their trials, their troubles. It makes you more compassionate, more willing to listen. And so, uh, bearing one another's burdens does fulfill the law of Christ. Spending time in Scripture every day. This is one that I really finally sunk into me in war council about three years ago. Each and every day, spend time with the Lord. Uh, the book that we were using at the time recommended it be the first thing in the morning. And that has been very, very good for me. Personally, I like the Bible reading plan that the software shows up and tells you what you're going to read today to get through the whole Bible in a year. That has worked so well for me, and there are so many different plans. Uh, talking <laughs> with our guests this morning about the chronological plan helped me to arrange things in my own mind better, because if you go book by book by book, you hit things three times and you wonder, where the heck was that? When did this happen? Uh, going through it chronologically, where it is all lined up in time order, helps you understand it the next time when you go back and just read it uh, from front to back. Prayer, absolutely required. Um, the, the one book we had read recommends kneeling prayer three times a day. I've kind of settled in on we pray more than three times a day. I pray more than three times a day, but I kneel twice a day as a, as a general rule to, to humble myself as I commune with God. Now, a very important part of that is be still and know that I am God. Don't just talk to him. Open your hearts to listening for a little while to see what he has to say to you. Fellowship. I couldn't live without it. Um, that is part of what was messing me up in my terrible, horrible, very bad week was I was home alone. I was geographically separated from some of the, the support group that, uh, that I always depend on. So as I'm going through my little miniature crisis, um, I had to reach out by telephone to a couple of guys who I really depend on and care about and are honest with me about, are you crazy or do you need to hold fast in, in what you're thinking here? 
that helped a lot, but I still felt this sense of unease. And then Friday, I got a text from a guy out of the blue. says, hey, Joe, I'm praying for you. And I thought, hmm, hey, can I come and talk? And sure, come on down. I met with a guy in person who I normally don't count on as uh, my support group. And we talked, we prayed, we prayed, we talked. And at the end of that, I finally had a sense of peace, an ability to concentrate on what I needed to be concentrating on and not so distracted by the other issues of the world. So I would absolutely encourage spending time with others, with other believers, talking about your issues as absolutely mandatory. As I close up here, um, I just want to remind us all that we do have a mission. We are called to share the Lord with others. Don't neglect that. Please take that to heart as, as you go forth every day. The last one, uh, when I first started elder training, I uh, talked to the guys and said, um, you know, guys, you would be taking on a work in progress if you took this guy on. And to a man, they said, yeah, aren't we all? We are all works in progress. So I've been under, under the tutelage and the discipleship of uh, some very good men uh, and uh, continue to do so. And I believe that I am progressing. If I look back at where I was a year ago, I, ha I can look back and see progress. Can you do the same? Are you closer to the Lord now than you were a year ago? I'm not going to ask you to answer the question out loud, but please contemplate that. So this concludes the parable of the sower. It is also most likely the last sermon that you'll be hearing from me for this summer. You love me. You really love me. Um, I just wanted to, to take some time to, to thank all of you for the support, the love, the encouragement that you've given. Um, I've shared with some people that before I come up here, my one prayer is that something I say, no matter how clumsily, touches one heart. Um, convicts us in some way, helps us in some way. And every time after I've finished up, somebody has grabbed me up and said, Hey, Joe, thank you for sharing that. I needed to hear that today. And that has meant the world to me. I ask you all to please continue to support the others to 
uh, stand-in pastors that uh, we're going to have over the next couple of months as uh, we await the return of our beloved Mike Fay. Um, and once he comes back, support him in the same way. It has meant the world to me. Uh, I really want to thank you. So, Father, in closing, I thank you for giving us your word, for preserving and protecting your word for thousands of years. I thank you for people who are sharing it skillfully. I thank you for people who are hearing it eagerly. I especially thank you for people who understand it and can explain it to others. Father, please help us all to help grow your kingdom in this little town or as we travel back home to other places that we would share the love of God with a lost world. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.